0: martini gene this is where i discuss things from matters of the heart to the heart of the matter and share my perspective even though our perspectives might not be shared hello everyone what is going on it is another day another original episode and i have a uh, special (laughs) guest and um i haven't talked to this person probably in three or maybe four years Um, This is a great, great uh, person, and she has – I've talked to her before on my old podcast talking about uh, whether you should turn your relationship into a situationship.
1: Main relationships really need to be based in a friendship because if you don't have some type of friendship in a committed relationship – you're not really getting the full potential of it anyway. So that ability to be a little bit more vulnerable with the friends with benefits is definitely a plus.
0: And also dating in a meet Too world, and a post-Me Too world.
1: Uh, it's forcing individuals to have these conversations with friends, with family, with kids, with teenagers. It's bringing it to the mainstream where before we were not discussing these types of things so i see it as extremely positive and it's definitely the positive outweighs some of the negative just for example that 40 percent study showing that passing a drink was sexual harassment i mean that's just silly <laughs> but the fact that there are people that think that and believe that you know it's it's just we need more education discussing about it people need to use common sense and logic as well that'd be helpful
0: and she has a lot of great insight and we have her here today, so on episode 96, Healing from Hope and the Work Within, The Start to Getting Back to You, I have on the show Dr. Christy Overstreet. How you doing, Dr. Christy?
1: Hey, Martini. It's so good to talk with you again. Yeah, I think it's been about four years, so it's good to talk with you and see your face again.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um. Great time. Great time. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know we've gone back and forth, you know, ping ponging each other and all that stuff, phone tag, as it were. And but we finally, finally made it happen. So this is great. Um. All right. So let's start off with you know just the basics. Please, uh, tell us about yourself and how you got into the profession that you're in with uh therapy.
1: Well, I think that the Quickest thing to know is that I never thought that I'd be spending my days talking with people about sex, intimacy, identity. Like this was not what was supposed to happen in my life. This mm-hmm. was not the goal. They didn't even go to college for it. Like that's how much it was not the plan, right. uh, which has showed me. And I don't know if anybody can connect, but like what I think life's going to be someone out there above has a whole different plan. So my right. life went through a couple different pivots. I, I went to medical school medicine was my passion it's what i was going to do and it just hit a big roadblock for me and i had to make a decision quick if i was going to pivot or if i'm going to just stay on this path so i went through my own personal and professional sense of failure and through that found this opportunity to really work and serve people in a way i didn't think was possible fast forward that it ended up going into therapy and doing work as a mental health counselor found that I really had a passion with working with individuals about intimacy, sex, and their identity. So what happened with that is I'm like, I got to get a specialization. So here I am all these years later talking about sex, intimacy, and just who you are as a whole person. Most of my days, it's a pretty awesome job.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And um, I, I, I like that a lot. Because again, I never would have pictured myself doing podcasting especially about like relationships and stuff like that and uh-huh. dating and family stuff and i don't know i it was it was almost like a hidden calling or something like that i i love it so much mm-hmm. and um i definitely want to speak to you off air about maybe trying to because i saw like a, a bunch of things called like I don't know if you ever heard, like, emotional coach or something like that or or something like that. And I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. that sounds very interesting. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. And a lot of people have also said, too, when I talk to them, not to say that I'm the world's, like, best advice giver or something, but they saw the interest that I have and they've said, Hey, have you ever like gone to school or something for like sociology? Cause it seems like you would be like really good at it or something like that. So I would definitely want to speak to you more about
1: that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got it in you. You've been doing this for many years. So yeah, that's just like, it's almost like it found you. You wasn't looking for it Yeah, it really pulled you in. So that's great.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, All right. So another, uh, Uh, personal thing but this is more towards uh myself uh where where are you from originally
1: i'm in georgia southeast area georgia about a little over four hours below atlanta okay
0: all right all right um and uh where do, do you um still reside there or no no.
1: Uh-uh. I um, I spent half of my time in northeast Florida area oh. in St. Augustine Beach and the other half in Southern California. So I just kind of ping pong between coast depending on what the need is and do a lot of events out there. So oh, okay. I just uh, I get back home as much as I can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah so it, it's it's fun. It keeps it interesting.
0: Okay all right. G- yeah because um, my next question was pretty much why did you decide to move where you currently are and what was your motivation? Because for me, I'm sort of having like an internal struggle trying to see, cause I'm, I'm from uh, New York and I feel that it is my time to go. <laughs> my, bo- mm-hmm. you know, my body's calling me and yeah. saying like, you know what? I think you need to move out of here. And I haven't uh, settled on a place, but I just mm-hmm. – I have been asking my guests, you know, where are they from and where they are and what was their motivation and, and what brought them to make their final – uh, not uh, destination pretty much. Like why did they decide to go where they wanted to go and what was the motivation?
1: Well, for me, growing up, I grew up in a very small rural farm in town, and this, I was waiting till I like hit 18 to get out of high school, and I knew I was gone <laughs> because I just knew <laughs> – <I, laughs> here's here's the full transition of that though I had to get out like I I just I knew I knew it was more of what I wanted to learn people I wanted to be around people want to meet and just life adventures that I wouldn't get there and so just like I said second I can get out go I did and I, I just didn't look back and what's interesting is as I've gotten older home has a whole different meaning that has come with the age and experience and aging and family it's now gosh I love being home now could I live there again no but i love being home and staying connected because it was those roots and and how some things that was good some things not so great that i was raised that i've been able to kind of transition and change but that really helped me i've lived in many different places but most recently in southern california for many years with my partner's work and i would work out there too and um my father-in-law started getting sick uh and it progressed and so we said we need to kind of come back and take care of them in northeast florida So we, it brought us back to here as a home base while I've split that time now. So for me, it's the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a beach girl. I have to be near the ocean. And so I'm able to be at the ocean a couple hours drive home and then a little bit of a longer flight, but I can be back in Southern California pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And so I like having that flexibility and mobility as long as I have one home base.
0: Right. Oh, okay. That's awesome. And, it's awesome that you said uh, your partner because I have been hearing your podcast about you mentioning uh, this person, and you have this book which I bought. Fix, your, Fix yourself first: twenty-five tips to stop ruining, to stop ruining your relationships. And in the insert in there, it says, "To Rob, you have taught me more about relationships than I have ever thought possible. Now, the day passes that I am not grateful to have you in my life." Thank you for not just being my partner, but also my best friend. Who is Rob? <laughs> 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 he
1: is definitely my be- better three quarters. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just uh, we just celebrated uh, two two week week and a half two weeks ago. Fourteen years together of wow. just our being in a committed relationship and never thought it was possible, did not think I would be that girl that settled down in a relationship with one person. And But yeah, it happened. And he I really contribute so much to what I know about relationships within us, but then also how we're with other people from his perspective and his male perspective and hearing how he handles things. It's just helped me trip so much. And to see that I have to be healthy, he has to be healthy, and then we both have to bring that health together. And majority of the time it's me that's the issue right that i've got something going on and he really gently and firmly helped me see that well i need to change this if i want to see a different outcome so i'm really grateful for him
0: oh that's awesome okay
1: so uh, how
0: have you made it last for so long
1: well not to sound cheesy but it just sounds cheesy but we literally every day we don't talk about it but i consciously decide do i want to be with this person today Now, everybody's relationship dynamics are different and whatever anyone, for us, we are in a committed monogamous relationship. We made the decision not to get married, not to have kids. It's just our decisions of the years that evolved. And for us, we, for us, it works because we say, well, you know, any day, if we decide we have to part ways, there's not that excuse of like legal and splitting things. Like we're just going to consciously uncouple. So for us, we get to decide to stay together in a way that's really um, autonomous for both of us. So when it comes down to it, it's really the trust and the communication, us working on that and being flexible with one another and giving each other grace. Meaning as hard as it is, when I screw up, I have to like really quick like, hey, I'm sorry that came off wrong. That was not you. I've just had a bad day or my voice rose. I went off on you. Or he'll say, hey, you know, I'm just really ill. It's not you. It's me. Or, hey, you did this. Can you take a look at it? that communication that we have, that we know we're on the same team, that we're not trying to fight each other. Mm-hmm. And if something does come out sideways, we know they, they didn't mean it and they're gonna come back around and apologize and repair it. So the trust is high. And you know, when that trust is high, so is the intimacy, the connection. Mm-hmm. So we have a really good connection and that helps that trust. And that that's really our foundation that we we, we, we live together, we both work from home. and I know it's silly, but we really don't get tired of each other because we're both very individual people in one relationship with individual hobbies, interests, and then couples' hobbies and interests.
0: That's great. That that that's amazing. Uh, cause yeah, cause I what? Cause I mean, thank you for saying all that. Because I did have uh, the question, like, why haven't you made it official or get married? But you you said everything, and that was mm-hmm. that's amazing. Cause it mm-hmm. to be stereotypical you know a lot of women will be like hey Mm -hmm. what's going on it's been three weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) where's the ring or something like that so (laughs) yeah so that's 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 very interesting that you didn't go that way and you said your piece and it it makes complete sense that's that's really awesome
1: well, and it evolved. I've had different times where I felt different ways through the years. And probably if we'd have made a decision to say, hey, let's have a family and kids, we may have looked at it differently just for the logistics of it. Yeah. But we both, it's so funny, out of all of our friends, like we're, we both have parents are still together, you know, 50 plus years married, intact family systems, no divorces. And we're like, yeah, we're not getting married. Like, we're good. <laughs> So it's, <laughs> people are like, oh, do y'all have like bad family? I'm like, actually, no, they're pretty incredible. We're the ones that are just out there kind of <laughs> hanging out, and kind of setting the own rules. But I've never quite marched to the beat that I was supposed to. So I don't know why I would do it in this case either. Just not succumbing to that pressure. Yeah. That comes from society. Like you said, as a woman that feel like I have to have this or do that in order to kind of fit in. Well i'm just not into that no judgment for anybody is it's just different strokes for different folks
0: no absolutely absolutely that's awesome so yes yeah so um right when we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of the relationship uh i just wanted to say that if anybody out there is uh liking what is going on right now trust me we're gonna have a series called uh and I forgot what it's called. <laughs> it's called uh, <laughs> um, asking for a friend. This is gonna be a series. Uh, ah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gonna be a seven-part series. Asking for a friend, aka myself, <laughs> because uh, it's 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 hard to unveil uh, the questions that I want to ask. You know, my guest, but um, you know how people say, you know, asking for a friend. Uh, you know, <laughs> so this is what this is what's going to happen. So. Here, here we go the meat and potatoes of the episode of course healing from hope and the work within the start to getting back to you and um well let's just break down the title right there uh, healing from hope uh why do we have so much hope going into a potential partner in life what are we trying to find
1: i believe that we're trying to find safety and security we mm. just want to feel okay we just want to feel safe so if we haven't been hurt by them yet there's hope like well maybe it won't happen this time sometimes we can have some red flags and the house is on fire we still walk and we'll hope but that's another topic um, but it's that idea that this is fresh this is something new and then in the beginning of any relationship that those those um, new relationship endorphins those chemicals that NRE that starts flowing out that is real like that is proven scientifically that we get those releases, which then tells us this feels so good, therefore, this person feels good. And we have that honeymoon, goo goo gaga stage that we get into. So that brings this idea of hope. And ultimately, we're just trying to be safe and secure and not get hurt.
0: Um, do you think when we're trying to look for that thing, uh, do you think we're lacking something inside, or is it just something else?
1: No, I don't think we're lacking something inside. I think we're trying to find someone to share experiences with. Mm-hmm. Now, do some people have issues being alone because past history, trauma, different things happen? Absolutely. But we're really not, you know, when they say that quote, like no, no man's an island. Like we want to be around someone. Like we evolutionary want to connect. We want to be at a part of a group. We want to be teamed up. We want to be connected. And also, it's how we learn about ourselves through other people and kind of have that part of us validated. We're seen. We're heard. We feel love. We give love. So I don't think it's from a a place of lack and something more of a connection. Now, we got a thing called codependency, right? And if you're someone who's codependent that wants to latch on, grab on, and then you want them to be your life and you get so enmeshed, and you're you're hopping from partner to partner to partner, and not taking time to be just kind of on your own and working from within. You're gonna have this really vicious cycle of unhealthiness. Hmm.
0: All right. So, um, what are some things people can do to temper their expectations in a in a potential relationship? Because sometimes, yeah, we might have hope, but we might have too much hope that we like latch on to that person, just like you're saying. Yeah, and I'd
1: like you to think about this as probably unrealistic expectations, and I'm great at that, having some unrealistic <laughs> expectations. Of, <laughs> I mean, we're human, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. Well, and of course, what we see on Instagram, what we see on media, what we're told, we see in movies and porn and everything else of how it's supposed to be. So we have this expectation that they're going to somebody's going to be our everything, and the, what you can do to make sure you got that in check because you can't have a healthy relationship if you're you rolling in with that. So what you want to do is to write down what your expectations are. And if you're thinking, I don't know what an expectation is, maybe write your wish list. Mm-hmm. My wish list for this partnership or my wish list for this relationship or if I'm looking for a partner, what do I want them to have? Start with something like values. What values you want them to have or to be about. What happens is you'll start writing. You're like, oh, I want them to be this is this, this and this and this, and I want them to go with me to do this, this, this. And you sit back, like, hmm, how realistic is all of that? Mm-hmm. Then you could say, All right, well, this is my non-negotiable versus, you know what, I can let this go. It doesn't matter that they're not exactly specific hot size, you know, everything down the row. So as as we can be very realistic is gonna set us up for a healthy relationship. Another exercise that you can do is to say, what were my past unrealistic expectations that I learned from that last relationship? Because almost all of us, <clears throat> some of us have more than other really unhealthy past relationships. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. you got a slew of good ones, but I've had plenty of unhealthy relationships. <laughs> right. And what I got to learn um, when I got there, it took some time. But what I learned was I really set myself up for failure because I was waiting for him to tell something or do something or act a certain way or read my mind or to go home to visit every weekend with me like that just unrealistic so if we look at what our past did it can help us prepare what we're looking for in the future
0: okay uh, and you said uh non-negotiables and and well by and by deal breakers you say you are you're horrible at those at some things i am horrible at non-negotiables and deal breakers <laughs> only because i just know that i mean i haven't been to uh fortunate in the relationship aspect so like with the deal breakers and stuff I feel that like I don't want to count anybody out because I know how it Mm -hmm. feels to be counted out
1: (laughs) you know yes so that's like a real thing (laughs) how how do you you try
0: to how do you try to you know mesh with that Mm -hmm. How, how do you try to work that out
1: well, take those non-negotiables that you're like, gosh, it'd be nice if I had these, but I just can't because I don't want like, to write those down. And I'm going to be like, write down or make a note in your phone because seeing it has a lot of power. For an example, something that might be a non-negotiable is addiction issues. Like for me, I've had past history of partners who had addiction issues and I was all in the mess at the time, but now I'm like, I would never be in a relationship with someone who... If they did, I would say best of you to go work on yourself and then we'll never know if our paths will cross, but I'm not going to get in it and try to fix them or get all codependent because that's easy to happen, right? Somebody else take care of. Mm-hmm. Maybe a non-negotiable for you might be um, the ability for you to be alone, mm-hmm. right? One of my non-negotiables is like, I can't be with you all the time. Like I've, I've got a full life and we're not supposed to, right? I need to make sure, can you go and do this on your own? If in the beginning you start dating and you notice they, they're like, stage five Klingon, that's a red flag. It's like, oh, maybe I need to make that a non-negotiable. And I know some of these things, we don't know until we get into it. It's just how quickly do we balance, is this a red flag or is this me trying to self-sabotage? Right? Am I trying to find something nitpicky to be like, yep, nope, let me get away from this uh, because maybe they're too too healthy. That's what happened with Rob and I in the beginning. I was trying to self-sabotage because he was pretty healthy. (laughs) <laughs> and i and i was like oh yeah oh my gosh what is i need some chaos i need some drama oh boy and now everybody's level of drama and chaos is different mine's True. not too far out there but i was like no oh, like mm-mm. and he's like yeah this is what healthy looks like. <laughs> like oh yeah i really screwed that up can i get another <laughs> chance and, and thank goodness he did <laughs> right right yeah babe you
0: don't want to argue with something i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man all right so we we got the healing from hope let's let's do a little uh, breakdown. Uh, well, literally. um Have you experienced heartbreak or were you ever the heartbreaker?
1: Both. Mm. Both. Absolutely. Definitely. I have experienced heartbreak on my end. And even and the heartbreak on experiencing it, a lot of times it was from my own stuff, something I did or something I, it may be a decision that I'd made too. And then I'm I saying heartbreak as if I'm like going around being a heartbreaker, but more of a, um, whether someone more in, into me than what I was into them, mm-hmm. uh, and whether it, it wasn't like a love thing, but it was more of like, I know they wanted more. I know I couldn't give more. I wasn't ready to settle down with one person. I still wanted to date and go do my thing. And I really struggled with the ability to communicate that because I'm a people pleaser mm-hmm. right at heart. I'm recovering. I mean, I'm still in recovery from being a people pleaser, but you know, growing up, especially in the Southeast, like girls, like you people, please, you say, yes, ma'am. No matter what do you need, you take care of everybody. And you're not very assertive, mm-hmm. right? Until we get older, thank goodness. But uh, with that being said, I've I've been both, and I have I have a lot of things I look back on and go, Gosh, if I could do that over, in the sense of not hurt that person, mm-hmm. and and so since I can't like make amends to certain things, I can just say, Let me just make sure every day I'm trying to do the best that I can for everybody in my life. Okay, so
0: with that heartbreak, or you know, being the heartbreaker, can you, this this is a uh, uh, day is all this time. Uh, question: Can you be friends with an ex?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put a hard line on this. No. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's come that's come over time because mm-hmm. at times I thought and. I just, especially 15 plus years as a therapist and seeing people, I just haven't seen it. Like if people can make it work, good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But you'd have to have a really understanding partner and you'd have to know how your relationship is defined, right? Because there's so many different ways to define a relationship. But what happens a lot of times is you got one partner that wants to be friends with their ex and and then their partner's like, yeah, that's not going to happen or okay. And then they're always like jealous or looking around. and So, and I think another part plays into it, it's the age you're at when you were in that relationship, how long that relationship was. Mm-hmm. Was it an emotional relationship or was it just a hookup, physical mm-hmm. sex? Mm-hmm. So those I need to just be clear to say those things go into play. Sure. But I know for me, um, friends, I can't be friends with my ex. And not because my partner's like, you can't be friends with my ex. I know me. I'm like, yeah, I don't even need to. And I don't want <laughs> to upset maybe their partners either or cause any problems. Like I don't like I'm out of the drama, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So um i have seen i'm sure there's people that make it work depending on the situation i know firsthand i i can't do that i can be cordial and be respectful i can blow you know blow up them and their relationship in good ways and promote them and the, helping them find success or make great comments or say do you need anything for support but friends Mm-mm. <laughs> i wouldn't call it a friendship at all <laughs> oh, wow. okay no
0: that, that's good because okay so my next question is so what do you do if or when that person may still want you in their life for whatever reason, what does that mean when they do periodically reach out to you?
1: <laughs> this, it happens. I'm so glad you brought that up because that happens all the time. I know I still have people that are cycle through. I mean, we've been together forever. And I'll still, hey, what you doing? I'm like, hey, yeah, no, I'm in a committed <laughs> relationship. I hope everything, everything's <laughs> going good in your world. Like, go have it. and I'll say, Hey, Rob, so and so, I'm just showing you, reached out. Like I told him to go, you know, live his best life mm-hmm. because I'm into the transparency thing too, because I also don't want something for him somehow to find out and think I was talking. So, this is a right. trust issue. Yeah. So, how I would handle it for someone when someone reaches out, depending on where you're at in your relationship with your partner, depending on how healthy both of you are, to be able to say, hey, I'm in a committed relationship, or maybe you're in an open relationship. Just be clear if you choose to respond because you also don't have to respond at all. Mm, but if you respond, just say, Hey, this is where I'm at wishing you all the best because it takes about two seconds to slide down that rabbit hole. And then you're real quick connecting. And then one thing leads to the other. And then within five minutes, you're like, Oh gosh, I'm having these feelings. What does this mean? I have a ton of clients. My ex reached out, you know, my, my partner and I were in a bad place. My ex reached out. I'm like, gosh, now I'm remembered. I'm like, you are romanticizing all that chaos because I remember in, we started working together, you talked about how hectic, dysfunctional, chaotic that was, but that sounded real good right now when the relationship you're in is in conflict. Anything sounds better than where you're at right now. So keeping that in check helps too.
0: Wow. No, that's that's very good advice. <laughs> that's very good advice. Wow. Yeah. Because again, like some of these questions are like from the heart because like with that that uh, mm-hmm. that uh last one, yeah, there, there has been over the last couple years um one of my exes just keeps you know every periodically just Mm -hmm. hey whatever or like they'll i'll i don't know i'll be like on an app and then Mm -hmm. they'll be on that app too and i'm just like what the (laughs) it's like we're we're, no (laughs) i was like stop this and and she's in a committed relationship and everything and i'm like i don't want to do anything with you Mm -hmm. and also i don't want to uh overstep you know that per, your partner yes. you know i don't want to do any of that stuff it's so it's 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 just very weird <laughs> but um well what i think yes. is
1: what i think is great is your values too you're trying to protect yourself and you're trying to protect other people by not overstepping with a boundary even though i'm not saying she don't have boundaries i don't know her so this isn't judging more like her reaching out is the way she's doing things in her relationship which is fine But it is very, like you said, very slippery slope. I call it checking the temperature. Mm. Reach out, I just just checking in that temperature. How are you doing? (laughs) What's I'm like? Yep, nope, nope, no fever going on here. I cooled the cucumber. (laughs) Hope you're doing great. Right, (laughs) and just let it let it roll. Mm -hmm. Do not be catching a fever over this checking the temperature person. Mm.
0: Very 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 sound advice. That's that's an awesome uh, anecdote right there. Um, so can there be closure, or will there always be an open wound? Do you actually ever? get over that person?
1: Hmm, that's a great question. I think it's how how each person defines getting over it, because okay. my idea of getting over it might be different than your idea of getting over your ex. So if I had to say what my idea of getting over is, maybe I'm not thinking about them every day, or um, that I'm not thinking about what if, what if, what if, or I'm not thinking about like what I did wrong, I'm beating myself up, or what they did wrong, I'm beating myself up. A lot of that also has to do with the time frame. From when the catalyst happened of the event that ended the relationship to where you're at now, because the longer the time frame goes, the easier it is to get that closure. Do you ever get over? I I think to think that we would not think of them when we hear a song or eat a certain dish or go to a certain place or drive by a certain thing or watch a certain show. Of course, we're going to remember, oh, I did this with so-and-so. That's because they're on our timeline, right? They've imprinted on our timeline that does not mean that we have to obsess about them and let them dominate our thoughts one quick thing you can do if you're struggling to really move on get closure is to write a letter to that person and writing this letter isn't to send to them they don't get the privy of this it's more of a just dumping out your thoughts to this person or writing those out just to get some cathartic dumpage and it helps to kind of say goodbye in this format where it doesn't involve them Because for your healing, for what you need to do, does not always involve another person.
0: Do you suggest keeping that letter or to like burn it or something? Well, how about if you write it on the (laughs) computer? Do you delete it?
1: (laughs) Well, each person is different. I'm all into the cathartic release, So Mm -hmm. I've taken that letter and I've lit it on fire. I've had another one where I shredded it in the, the shredder. Um, I've had another where I've just cut it up with scissors. like, I'm a big rider because I got to get that stuff out because it gets real toxic in me. Mm. So uh, whatever you feel like you need to do, and it's more of a, like setting this um, like monumental place where I'm going through this ceremony of releasing. That's why a lot of people may burn it or cut it up because you're like literally having a physical activity to release.
0: Hmm. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so <laughs> I've, I've known I- – I know you probably heard of this, and I want to f- – uh, get your take on this so uh i've heard this line the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else what do you feel about that statement
1: i think it's more catchy than um again it's like how do you get over them like does it help sure it helps as long as you have got your emotional self in check if you want to go blow off steam mm-hmm. go hook up go have sex Consensual adults using protection, taking care of your health. Go do your thing. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you know what you're looking for, and give the other person the gift of being clear about what you're looking for. Right, because you don't want that person that you're hooking up with think that you're wanting more if you're not wanting more. Mm-hmm. So the intention is what we have to focus on. What type of intention? Am I? I'm just hey, I'm here for the sex. I'm blowing off steam. You. You know, you seem like a good time. Let's have a good time. Like, I'm not wanting anything more. Like, the clearer we can be with people, the better. Like, I feel like the better karma we're going to get back because being conscientious and intentional keeps you and the other person from getting hurt because people catch feelings real fast. Yeah. All all genders, Mm -hmm. not just women. Men do too. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So I saw this article. It's from vice.com and it's called. Uh, the new breakup equation, how long will it take to get over your ex? And this is from uh, May 22nd, 2018. So it says, most people who have experienced particularly brutal breakups are familiar with a certain equation thrown around by friends trying just trying to be helpful or found by you on the 2 a.m. Google search. When will breakup make me not want to die? <laughs> the equation is getting over a person takes half the time you were together. I've certainly clung to that equation as a metric, mentally ticking each day in chalk on the prison cell that is my brain, waiting to to reach the month count that's half the time I dated the person. Some studies have attempted to identify the, the exact length of time it takes to recover. A 2007 study published in the Journal of Positive Psychology put forth the magic number at three months. The participants were 155 undergraduates who had gone through breakups in the past six months and 71% of people started to feel much better at the 11-week mark. They have been in relationships of different lengths in time and a blend of dumpers and dumpies. A 2009 study found that divorcees take on average 17 months and 26 days to get over their splits. Do you believe in the equation? How long should recovery time
1: take? Is there a time?
0: Is recovery different?
1: It is different. I do not believe in that equation at all because I've not had <laughs> I'm like, scientific what? Um, so, no, I, I go more with a study where just the college age kids, it took about three months or 11 weeks. That's for a relationship, three to four months to start. Now, a marriage where you're tied in and everything else that goes with it. And if kids, like every situation is different. Yeah. But what the, the I mean, there's two things. We can't change time, so we can't speed up the time. So the things to heal is Time has to pass from the catalyst, Mm -hmm. but it's what we're doing during those days that make the biggest effort. And especially in the beginning, being um, giving ourselves grace to not push ourselves that we have to get closure, or to be able to set a boundary with friends and say, I I know it's gonna be okay, quit telling me, (laughs) right? That positive, that toxic positivity. It's okay, there's plenty of fish in the sea, and I'm like, okay. Or, you know, (laughs) it'll get better, or you're gonna find your person. All of that, because people want to help. They want to say they want to like fix the situation for you, because they care about you, Mm -hmm. but it can be very aggravating for us. So it's okay to say, I hear you, but just, just listen to me when I talk, like, you don't have to give me the, you know, pop psychology of this. Um, so each situation is different. It depends on how long, if this was something that happened sudden, like you had no idea versus like things have been disintegrating slowly, 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 slowly. What happens a lot of times is that Things have been going okay, and then someone decides, like, they cheat or they leave the relationship. Or, like, yeah, it isn't for me anymore, and it's kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And that person's like, oh, I had no idea. But once we start sorting through it, it's like, oh, this started changing, this started changing, this started changing. So long story short, it really depends on the situation and how healthy you're trying to be in the now to move forward and progress. It's a great time to get really, I'm going to say, means the term loosely, obsessed with yourself, meaning go in, do your thing. Like if you need to scream, scream, if you need to cry, cry, if you need to go on a spinning spree, you know, do it once, not a whole bunch. <laughs> but do what you need to do to to heal and speak up for what you need.
0: Okay. So now we're on uh, the work within, the second, the, the latter half of the uh, title. How can you find optimism after a breakup?
1: Oh, uh, well, uh, maybe... <laughs> maybe we dump the idea that we have to find optimism after a breakup and just say i'm going to be in the anger i'm going to be in the sadness i'm going to be in the whatever comes up and you know what in about a week or two i'll start trying to figure out some optimism now if someone's really struggling and they're just like i just want to die because i just can't it's too much Mm. it's okay to say you know what it is too much you're exactly right i'm glad you're here and i'm here to support you and know that you belong here but it's okay that it's too much too so you also don't want to invalidate someone so um, when you think about the optimism part is maybe we can reframe optimism as how do I want my life to look in the future and maybe to just feel better or to find someone who doesn't cheat on me, or maybe it's to find someone who lights me up or someone that wants sex as much as I do, or someone that wants to cuddle and go for a long walks, start thinking about the future. Not particularly a person, like I know the kind of thing that I'm looking for in the future. Having that, that could be optimism versus, hey, you're going to be happy to you know, the fish in the sea, like trying to always focus on like trying to get somebody else versus like what kind of future do I want to build for myself?
0: Hmm. Okay. So uh, last question, what are some of the things one can do to get back on track with themselves?
1: Well, the first thing you can do is say it for yourself is like, what is not working for me currently? What in my life? Is it work? Is it relationships? Is it how I communicate? Is it how I feel? Have I got some type of behavior that's really blowing up my face and pushing people away or that I feel really bad about? Or am I struggling with how I feel with myself emotionally or physically? Like, What isn't working? So we don't take the pressure off of like what I need to do to fix it. So let's just first identify within ourselves, like what isn't working? Maybe you beat yourself up real easily, or maybe you feel guilt, or maybe you're a people pleaser or codependent. And start there and say, what is this? And so for most of us, we can come up with a long list of things that are not working for us. So then what we'll do is say, this this week, just the next couple of days, what is one thing I can just think about making a change in? And let's just say it's something like um, the way we the way you talk to yourself. Like you beat yourself up, you're so stupid because you keep making mistakes and you have a friend or family is like, stop being so hard on yourself. Maybe that's where you can start and say, all right, if I can just start becoming aware when I do that. For an example, you can put a rubber band around your wrist and every time like you beat yourself up, pop it to just like bring some recognition or can you say to your buddy, hey, if you hear me talking this shit where I'm like beating myself up, just call me out, right? I'm working on something
0: mm-hmm.
1: right And that might be too many words for a guy, but you know what I mean like <laughs> call me out if you hear me doing this
0: right. <laughs> All right? All right. And
1: the awareness that that's where we start, just becoming aware and then the more aware we are, then we start changing it and that that behavior change starts happening.
0: All right. Well, that excellent excellent advice uh we've come to the portion where the guests as first time guests ask me uh five questions so dr christie i am very scared but let's go <laughs> <laughs> all right so
1: here here's my i got just three questions here you oh, go. okay yeah
0: three yep. what, no
1: what relationship had the biggest impact on you growing up like thinking back like what relationship did you see or did you connect with that had the biggest impact on you as an adult
0: hmm That's that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, Growing up, uh, what relationship did I
1: see? If nothing comes to mind, you can Mm -hmm. switch it to the one, if you were in a relationship or a friendship or a family ship with somebody or a mentorship, that's okay too. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, one that's interesting is, I guess, um, seeing my my sister – in the I, I wouldn't say just one relationship i mean obviously she ended like up with mm-hmm. her husband but the various uh boyfriends that she would have because you know obviously they would come over to the house because mm-hmm. um Yep. Like, me and my sister were about uh like 10 years apart or something like that and mm-hmm. so it's just interesting to like like see this like person and because you know they're they're your sibling and you don't know anything uh-huh. and so you're like Watching cartoons or something like that, and then all of a sudden, like this guy yeah. comes over, and you're like, "Wait, what? What's going on? Uh-huh. Re- relationship? <laughs> like, huh?" Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's just interesting seeing, because sure, I could have easily maybe said like my parents, but your parents are your parents, you know they they don't necessarily seem like people, <laughs> you know. So seeing my sister, because me and my sister were were uh, really close. So I was just seeing like, whoa, oh, this is a relationship. This is this is crazy. So when she finally met her husband, and you know he, well, the boyfriend, and then became a husband, I was like, oh wow, like okay, this is what a relationship is. And then of course got married, and then uh, got my two nieces, and now my you know my nieces like we're like were great relationship. So it was just it was just very interesting to see that come to mm-hmm. a fruition.
1: I hear that. My sister's 11 years older than me, so I grew up the same way, so that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a little bit juicier here. Uh Uh-oh. What is one myth about sex that really frustrates you? Like one myth out there about sex? You're like, yeah, this is frustrating. This isn't true. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. That
0: men have to go all night? like i got work i have work in the morning (laughs) you know (laughs) but but that but but that's that's funny because i i do have well not upcoming but definitely in the future i I have a podcast i I want an episode about like those myths because um that's very daunting to uh you know a a budding like man saying like wait i have to do what now
1: (laughs) you know like i have to go
0: like that long or or like because you know there's there's the um what is it? There's, well, I guess I don't know a time because they'll say, oh no, like 20 minutes is good or 30 minutes is even better or something like that. It, the, the the things vary. And then the science, you know, those, the I remember the scientific thing, maybe you know it is like what, seven mm-hmm. to 15 minutes or something like that. And you're like, wait, what?
1: I've been mad yep. this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad you said that. Because I was just talking to a urologist yesterday and we're talking about Actual penetration yes. is about five minutes. Yeah, yeah, five. <laughs> yeah, but five, not fifty. So like, I'm sure men a lot of times feel like circus bears, like y'all have to perform, and that just just is not good. They're no, not I, good at all. So yeah. that's a whole thing. You and I can talk all day about yes, that. Yes. Okay. So not having to perform on. Okay. So here is the last one. Mm-hmm. What is one piece of sex advice you wish you were told at 16 years old?
0: Um, that it uh, is. It isn't as uh, it isn't as hard as you think it is. Because again, like I'm mm-hmm. not to say it's easy, you know, But you know, it's it's very it's very intimidating to be in that realm for however long you're going to go at it for. But if if your partner or whoever your hookup, you know, is the uh, patient or whatever you'll you'll be you'll both have a great time it's 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 not like like you have to be like the court jester or like you said like the circus bear and like okay time to perform now and like oh oh boy do i have everything do i you know do i know how to use the twisty move or whatever you know (laughs) so like that it 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 isn't as hard as you uh believe it to be
1: there that's a good one thank you (laughs) thanks for answering that no
0: problem all right um got uh, like two minutes so uh, uh we have the the and self Edition card game and this is uh, i believe oh number card 82 so the question is what gives me energy and how can i bring more of it into my life
1: okay you want my answer on that one yes please okay um Honestly, it's being outside because I work indoors all, all day in front of the computer. Being outside, it's not like I'd be in the sunshine, but like just being outside in Mother Nature gives me energy where I have to go jump out, you know, every hour or so just to kind of get feel back up. So my goal this weekend to be outside as much as possible.
0: Nice. I've already answered oh well, not literally answered this before, but I have in previous podcasts. Uh, doing this. I love absolutely doing this. Okay. Uh, getting people's uh, information. It, it fills me with joy. It fills me with fulfillment. And that's my uh, word of the year, fulfillment. So I, I, I absolutely love doing this. <laughs> Yeah, well
1: that's awesome. and you're really great at it. Thank we, you. So- we appreciate what you're putting out into the world.
0: Thank you, thank you so much. That that uh, I I love that. My uh, second love language is words of affirmation. So uh, <laughs> Chat <Check. laughs> <laughs> So that 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 really hits me in the heart. So that that's awesome. Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Christie, for uh, doing this, and I can't wait for the uh, other episodes to happen.
1: I know it'll be a lot of fun. Look forward to talking to you next time.
0: Yes. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, she had to. Uh, sorry about that. She really had to go. She had a meeting. So it was. So if it sounded a little rushed, sorry about that. That's that's you know how it is. You know you know we don't have that much time to uh, waste. So um. That is the end of the show. Thank you for listening to the Inquisitive Nobody podcast. You can find this podcast on multiple digital service providers such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Listen Notes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Vero at TINQ p-o-d that is at TinkPod. if you have any questions or topics you want me to discuss you can email me at t-i-n-q-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com and i'll read your suggestions on the next show so after today's episode i'm not saying i have the dating world figured out but i am getting closer to figuring out a way to love within it thank you for listening my name is martini Jean, and i am the inquisitive nobody